Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, June 20th, 529 a.m. Central Time. Row crops a little bit lower here after a sharply higher start last night. December corn futures down five at 592 and a half. November soybeans down 11 and a half at 13.30 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat down 10 and three quarters at 6.90 and three quarters. September Kansas City wheat down 12 at 8.27. September spring wheat down 10 and a half at 8.46. We had a hell of a week last week, Mackenzie. Why don't we start there? So corn and soybean futures have rallied sharply on U.S. drought concerns. The December 23 corn contract rallied 118 per bushel from its May low to its overnight high. The November 23 soybean contract rallied 235 per bushel from its May low to its overnight high. Concern regarding the increasing drought across the U.S. Corn Belt has resulted in short covering and speculative buying. Many traders have already reduced their U.S. production estimates for both crops. Full-blown crop scare event, maybe a crop loss event, uh, we don't know. We're going to talk about the weather in a second, but we had a phenomenal uh, finish last week. So just Thursday and Friday combined, Deese Corn gained 49 cents. Uh, November beans gained $1.02 per bushel in just two trading days. So to see some back and fill here this morning is not shocking to me. Um, we had some rains over the weekend that were not necessarily expected. I was actually kind of surprised we opened as strong as we did last night. Uh, we've got some fund buying here. So this is this is, this is is the full-blown seasonal crop scare event deal that a lot of you guys had hoped for in regard to the markets. Everybody wanted a chance to, uh, if you're a farmer, you wanted a chance to you know price some grain on some sort of uh, summer weather rally. Well, here it is. Now, predicting uh, when when to make those sales or if you should make those sales at all is very, very difficult. It's impossible. We don't know what the next weather forecast is going to bring, but uh, this is uh, much, much better in terms of prices uh, than you know where we were just uh, two weeks ago. Really some pretty phenomenal stuff here. So let's get to the weather. Scattered rain fell across portions of Iowa over the weekend. While the rains on Sunday were spotty, some areas caught two inches or more in total. Many other areas saw no rain. Portions of Missouri, southern Illinois, southern Indiana, and Ohio also saw rain. Illinois has been one of the bigger problem areas in regard to drought. Central and northern areas of the state remain dry. The forecast calls for rain over portions of North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas this week. The southeast portion of the country will see heavy rains. Both the Euro and GFS, model, GFS models continue to indicate that the central U.S. Corn Belt will remain mostly dry. This rain event that occurred in Iowa on Sunday, I believe, was not necessarily expected, yet the rains were spotty. I mean, if you're looking at the map here that's on my screen, these like purplish areas caught some rain, and, and there were pockets that caught two to three inches of rain as, as part of that event. But a lot of these areas still dry. This rain kind of wrapped around like the southern edge of Illinois and uh, Indiana and into Ohio. This map that's on my screen here is only accurate through yesterday morning. So there were some additional rains yesterday. But the forecast, I mean, you've got this big chunk of the Corn Belt that's going to be kind of void in, in terms of material rainfall over the next seven days. Um, yesterday's Euro model, when I was looking at this yesterday in the afternoon, introduced some rain for Illinois. 
it's not there anymore. And I, I keep mentioning Illinois. I think that I think the trade is very much interested in the state of Illinois in particular. That's where, in, in terms of major corn producing states, you've got the worst crop ratings. You've got building drought, um, that sort of deal. So the the forecast still looks uh, kind of iffy here at best. I mean, both the Euro and the GFS kind of dry. So um, I don't know if, if the weather forecast necessarily is why the markets are down this morning. This is like some uh, back and fill type stuff, but it's not a total collapse by any means. So if you guys are not already already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, tell me about uh, some recent videos. So on Friday, Chris Barron joined me and we talked about grain marketing going into the three-day weekend. What are some things to consider? Everybody wants to know, you know, where do I make my sales? Where do I buy options? Uh, that sort of stuff. We kind of discussed this discussed all of this uh, in some generalities. We talked about how, you know, going into the weekend, it's impossible to predict the weather forecasts. I mean, on Friday, you know, think about it. You're talking about weather forecasts, um, you know, seven to 10 days out. And then just two days out, you catch some rains in Iowa that ne weren't necessarily in the forecast. Uh, and then yesterday uh, evening, uh, every Sunday night, or in this case, Monday, we do a pre-open weather update. We talk about weather, what happened over the weekend, what changed over the weekend, what does it mean for the markets? If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, go to Standard Grain com this morning you can sign up it takes about one minute on your phone or computer with your credit card uh, this is a $50 per month subscription you can cancel it at any time no other fee no other obligation uh, nobody will try to sell you anything else just a ton of information direct from us every single business day guys large money managers are now net long the corn market CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday during the week ending June 13th, the funds were net buyers of 46,000 contracts of corn, they were net buyers of, of 36,000 contracts of soybeans, and they were also net buyers of 6,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. Okay, so these numbers are as of last Tuesday. The private groups estimated that at Friday's close, Funds were net long somewhere between 30 and 40,000 contracts of corn, uh, close to 100,000 contracts of soybeans, and probably still net short 100,000 contracts of SRW wheat. So a lot of people were looking for the big short covering event in the corn market, and you've got it. The funds are, are net long in all likelihood, somewhere around 30,000 contracts of corn. And, and that number could be wrong, but they're definitely long in real time. It's just a question of by how much. So you've seen uh, what a lot of people were kind of looking for here. We need to see this short covering event, right? The funds will cover shorts if we have a weather issue. Well, they did exactly that. Now the question is, uh, what kind of length do they want to build here, considering uh, both the weather issue, which is, I suppose, bullish, and uh, the demand issues, which are most certainly bearish. The weather is the bigger deal uh, here for the moment. Tensions between the U.S. and China may be easing. On Monday, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken wrapped up his high-stakes trip to China with a meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. During the meeting, both sides agreed on the need for the U.S. and China to stabilize bilateral ties. Blinken also met with many other Chinese officials during his trip. The visit could open the door for a November meeting between Biden and China's president. A number of business executives from companies such as Tesla and Microsoft have also met with Chinese leaders in recent months. Uh, this is a positive. We like to keep an eye on U.S.-China relations. At the same time, uh, this meeting is not going to make U.S. corn or soybeans competitive on the export market. So uh, it's a step in the right direction, I suppose, um, given that China accounts for such a big portion of soybean demand in particular out of the United States. Yeah, we'd like to see this relationship um, uh, kind of cool in regard to the tensions, but it's, it's not going to change anything here short term.
Brazil's corn harvest is slow. As of last Thursday, Brazilian farmers had harvested 4.7% of the area planted for their second corn crop in the south central region. Week over week, this is up 2.5%. Last year at this time, 11.4% of the crop had been harvested. The top grain producing state of Mato Grosso con continues uh, to see the majority of field work. So Brazil's a little slow, uh, but it's going to be a monster crop. Um, I think that this, if, if anything, will probably keep Brazil competitive on the export market versus the U.S. longer than it would normally. This was a late planted crop, uh, late harvested crop. So I don't know that there's anything that you can make of this in terms of the market other than, yeah, maybe Brazil will have some cheaper corn available for slightly longer than they would uh, typically Farmer and consumer groups are warning against Bungie's $8.2 billion, uh, billion dollar deal to buy Viterra. The groups, the groups believe the acquisition will lead to fewer alternatives for selling crops and increase food prices for consumers. Bungie and Viterra are the two largest global operators of grain shipping ports and crop processing plants. Bungie would, would surpass $110 billion in revenue if the acquisition is successful, making it the second largest agribusiness corporation in the world behind Cargill. So I guess there's some concern. I mean, this, this is not a new story. Uh, the Journal is reporting on it over the weekend. I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, there's some concern regarding, um, you know, consolidation in the grain business. Um, this is not going to turn into the cattle business anytime soon, Mackenzie. There's, there's, you know, too many. Every farm is, is family owned to some extent for the most part in the United States, um, the vast majority, whereas um, like in the cattle business, you've got a much different deal. But, you know, this is this is the way that uh, capitalism works unfortunately, is that you just see this consolidation in different businesses in every industry over the years. That's been the trend in agriculture forever. And this is a continuation of that uh, cattle market last week. Yeah. So cattle futures on Friday found some solid ground. Live cattle gained anywhere from 65 cents up to buck 65. Feeder cattle were up 42 cents to 102. It was nice to finally see them find some solid ground after some pretty bad down days. Fat cattle prices backed off last week. In the Southern Plains, fat cattle sold for three to four dollars lower at 182. In Nebraska, they were two to four dollars lower at 185 to 189. And in the Western Corn Belt fat cattle were two to four dollars lower at 186 to 188. Choice box beef ended the day on Friday at 343.09, up 102, and select ended the day at 310.95, up 137. Outside markets this morning, guys. U.S. dollars up a little bit. Stocks are off. The S&P's off 17. Dow Jones off 130. Bonds off just a little bit. Uh, gold's down eight bucks. Crude oil up 10 cents in the August WTI at 72.03. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you Wednesday.